Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 2 and meet me at verse 11. Luke chapter 2 and verse 11. And we'll read through verse 14. Luke chapter 2 verse 11 and through verse 14. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swallowing clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth goodwill toward men. Now, the gospel is this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we've ever dared hope. I want to read it again. The gospel is this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we've ever dared believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. And in this passage of scripture, we understand that there that is discussing the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's something exciting, always exciting about a birth of a child. But this was no ordinary birth. And, you know, this was no ordinary child. And in and in this passage, we see that. Uh, the angel declares that there will be peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And peace on earth is not the absence of conflict. Peace on earth is the presence of Jesus. And then it says, the angel said, and then goodwill toward men. Notice it didn't say that there would be peace on earth among men. But there would be peace on earth or goodwill toward men. So this peace that Jesus is bringing is vertical. It's from God to man. It's from God to man. This peace is from God to man, and it's not necessarily from man to man. There will always be conflict on this earth. There will always be uh, pressure and anxiety and squashing and squeezing and, and all type of dilemmas occurring on this earth. There will not be peace on earth between man and man, but there will be peace between God and man. And peace is simply reconciliation or friendship with God. God through Christ Jesus came to the earth so that he can be a friend of humanity once again. He came so that they, so that we can be put back together with God and humanity without the presence of sin. Now, sin is in the earth. Matter of fact, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But sin is in the earth. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let's jump to this. When you hear the term Merry Christmas. Right. Merry Christmas. I encourage you to say that a lot. I, don't, I know a lot of people are trying to take that out of our society. No, I'll just say Merry Christmas. Come on. Let me hear somebody say Merry Christmas. Yeah, I, I go into the Walmart and all, I say Merry Christmas. They like happy holidays. Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas is the joyful celebration of the anointed one. 
the gospel never begins with what we do for God. It always begins with what God has done for us. And in prayer and study this week, I heard this phrase in my heart. Christmas is the celebration of the birth of the gospel. Christmas is the celebration of the birth of the gospel. You can define the gospel really in four different words. God, who created man, man sinned, and God brought Jesus so that we can be free from the penalty of sin. That's the gospel. And so Christmas is the celebration of the birth of the gospel. Now, in Romans chapter 3, we'll talk about sin now. Romans chapter 3 and verse 10 The writer here, Paul says, it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none righteous, no, not one. Now, the entire book of Romans was written to the church of Rome by the Apostle Paul, one of the greatest literature readings, one of the most spiritual books. It's all spiritual in the Bible, but this is transformative. This book can will change the way you see yourself. This epistle will change the way you view yourself. It's, it is all about the gospel. The epistle to the church in Rome, Romans, is all about the gospel. And we're going to focus in today a little bit on verse uh, on chapter three, and I, if I had time, I would spend the entire time on, on chapter three, but I'm not going to today. I'm going to pull some pieces out. But it starts with, there is none righteous, no, not one. Now, with that being said, how many of you have ever heard someone use this verse when they make a mistake? They make a mistake. They say, oh, there's none righteous. No, not one. They missed the mark. There's none righteous. No, not one. They cheat on their wife. There's none righteous. No, not. No, no. This verse is not used as an excuse for sin. Matter of fact, this verse and the purpose of this verse was to tell us that all of us are sinners before Christ Jesus arrived. This was the verse that told us that we are all a candidate for this grace that we're getting ready to talk about and for this righteousness that we're getting ready to discuss. All of us are candidates for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we say there is none righteous, no, not one, it is really telling us in context of Romans chapter three that all of us can be made righteous because all of us are unrighteous. Now we're going to talk a little bit more about it, but let me ask you this question. Have you, have you made Jesus the Lord of your life? Let me see a show of hands. Everybody's made Jesus the Lord of life. Okay. Let me, let me see a show of hands. Would you call yourself a sinner? Would you call yourself a sinner? Okay. I see hands up there as well. Now in this verse in Romans 3.10, he's telling us that you are a candidate for this grace that we're going to talk about. And in Romans 3, let's skip down to verse 23 and go through verse 26. It says, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Pause there. We all have sinned. We all qualify for this verse. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. And most people will take this verse and leave it as if, listen, this is who you are. You are a sinner and you you have sinned and you have fallen short of the glorious standard of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if we keep reading, we'll tell you why that verse was there. In verse 24, it says, yet God, 
The King James says, but God freely and graciously declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. Let's look at verse 25. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. The sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. Look at verse 26. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in the present time. God this to demonstrate his righteousness for he himself is fair and just and he declares sinners to be made right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. When you believe in Jesus, when you believe in the finished works of Jesus, when you believe in the purpose of Jesus, when you believe in what he did for you on the cross, and then he died, went to hell for three days, and then rose again and snatched the keys of death, hell, and the grave from Satan himself, defeated and conquered Satan himself, then came up out of that grave, out of hell, and then came back, reconnected with his body here on the earth, and then after 40 days went to heaven. When you believe in the atonement of Jesus the Christ, you are no longer a sinner. At this point, you have been declared righteous. Somebody say, I am righteous. You are not a sinner, you are righteous. When you believe in Jesus, you are righteous. When you say Jesus is the Lord of my life, you are righteous. Religion has taught us that you have to do a lot of righteous things in order to be righteous. Religion has taught us that you have to do things like read your Bible every day, and you have to tithe, and you have to walk in love, and if you do these things, then you are righteous, but that is not Bible. Bible tells us that if we, uh, that righteous people don't need to be righteous by reading their Bible, righteous people are righteous, and therefore righteous people read their Bibles. Come on, somebody. You don't have to be righteous in order, you don't have to tithe and get righteousness. No, righteous people tithe. You don't have to uh, walk in love to become righteous. No, righteous people walk in love. Now, when you understand your righteousness and this free gift of salvation, you understand that righteousness is the condition that makes you acceptable to God. It is the position that makes you acceptable to God. God does not accept sinners unless they make Jesus the Lord of their life. And then immediately, they are acceptable in his sight. And God declares them to be righteous. Or that word righteous also means in right standing with God. You are in right standing with him because of your acceptance of Jesus being the Christ. When I grew up, I was taught that you had to name all of the sins that you ever did. Before you went to bed at night, you had to name all of your sins and ask the Lord to forgive you of all those sins. How many of you were taught that? Uh, some of you, I see hands up. You, before you go to bed at night, Lord, forgive me for talking back to my mom. 
forgive me for this, that, and the other. And then when you got to the last thing, and, and for um, sins that are seen and sins that are unseen. And man, if you didn't name them all, you, God was mad at you. And there could be a reason why you, you broke your toe because God was mad. You didn't, you didn't ask for forgiveness the night before. And so this entire time when I grew up, my mom meant well. Glory to God, she's free from all this now. But she meant well when they taught me this. And this entire time I had a sin consciousness. I only thought about sin. Oh, man, I sinned. Oh, man, gosh, I messed up. Oh, man, I sinned. Oh, that's a sin, too? Wait a minute. Why is that a sin? That's a sin? Oh, my gosh. I've sinned. I've sinned. I've sinned. And, and I used to run to the front as a kid. The church I went to, True Life, or True Life, that's our church, True Victory Baptist Church. I used to run to the front every Sunday to give my life to the Lord because I have sinned. And now I'm no longer acceptable in the sight of God. And when I started learning about the righteousness of God, that you are in right standing with God simply because you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior immediately you are the righteousness of God. But what if I sin? Yes, righteous people do sin. Righteous people miss the mark, make a mistake. They don't always uh, add up or, or come up to God's glorious standard. They sin. Righteous people sin. But that doesn't make them a sinner. They're just righteous people who sin. And if you sin, 1 John chapter 2 tells us, verse 1, and if you sin, so he's not expecting you to sin. You're expecting you to sin, and a sin consciousness is expecting you to sin, but a righteousness consciousness or a God-inside-mindedness is not expecting you to sin. But if you sin, you have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus. Glory to God. I got a big brother. I got a defender. I got a protector. And Jesus says, look, God, I came down to the earth. I was a human. I put on some flesh. I know the temptations. I defeated every one of them. I know how they feel. I know what's going on. And they just missed the mark. Father God, I know how they feel. Just let's just forgive them. Let's just forgive them and let's just go ahead and, and move on because they are in right standing with me because of my blood. See, sin has no place in the presence of the Lord. But because of Jesus and because of his ultimate eternal sacrifice, his substitutionary sacrifice for you and I. He stood in the gap for us. Glory to God. We are celebrating this. In this season, we're celebrating Jesus standing in the gap for us. And now making us one with God because of his blood and because of righteousness. Now, there is a such thing called holiness. Righteousness has nothing to do with your conduct. Righteousness has nothing to do with your behavior. Righteousness has nothing to do with your attitude. You are righteous because you believe in Jesus. But holiness has everything to do with your behavior and your conduct. Holiness has everything to do with your outward display. 
And God says, be holy as I am holy. He wants you holy, but it has no effect on your righteousness. You are righteous because you believe in Jesus. And don't mistake your behavior for your identity. Well, I keep missing the mark. I keep missing the mark. So I must be a bad person. I must be a bad. God must be mad at me. Oh, I just keep missing the mark. And God, he don't love me no more. And God, man, he don't want nothing to do. And that's where all these bad things are happening because I just keep missing the mark. No, 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 no. Your righteousness is always intact. But but holiness is part of your conduct and your behavior. And God wants you to be holy. Now, can sin separate you from God? Not anymore because of righteousness. Glory to God. Because of Jesus coming to this earth and because Jesus came down and he shed his blood for us, sin can no longer separate us from God. This is good news, church. Sin can't separate you from God. Not not anymore. Matter of fact, Romans 8, he said, um, he tells us there, none of these things can separate you from the love of God. He says, nothing can separate you from the, from the love of God. You are the righteousness of God. But, but hear me clearly, your behavior and your attitude will try to convince you that you are not in right standing with God. Your bad decision making will try to convince you you are not in right standing with God. I, I want to share something with you. There was a period of time that everything and everything was breaking down. I mean, it was, I mean, from our furnace broke down, our AC broke down, both, both transmissions in, in our cars broke down. I mean, all like in a three, four month period, microwave broke down, all these things broke down. The first thing that came to my mind was what kind of sin? Where was, what kind of sin did I do to allow all this to happen? And the, and the Spirit of God reminded me, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. No sin has separated him from you. You know what? Let me tell you something. Can I tell you something? Things break down. Did I tell you that? Did you know that? You may not know that. Uh, microwaves actually get old. Car transmissions, they go out. Did you know that light bulbs go out too? You might have to replace a light bulb and a, and a furnace. I mean, it just might go out. That has nothing to do with sin being involved in your life. These things break down. But the first thing that came to my mind was, what kind of sin did I do? No, no, no. Thank God we had the resources to pay for all of that stuff. Glory be to God. That's why you have an emergency fund. Somebody shout, emergency fund. And so your righteousness has everything to do with you accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You were a sinner. You have been forgiven. And through faith in the finished works of Jesus, you are now righteous. Somebody shout, I am righteous. righteous. Now, 2 Corinthians 5.21, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Listen to this. God made Christ who never sinned. To be the offering, one translation says, to be the sacrifice for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So there was an exchange that took place. And in this exchange, we took Jesus's righteousness and he took all of our sin. 
and he gave us his righteousness and he bore all of our sin. This is the great exchange that took place that my shame and my guilt and my poverty and my mistakes, Jesus took that for me and then gave me his right standing with God and we have been justified and that word justified means just as if we've never sinned. Glory to God. We've been justified. God treats us because of Jesus just like we have never sinned before. This is the gospel that we are being treated. This is what grace is all about. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. You can't work hard for enough for it. You can't pay for it. God is treating you because of his kindness through Christ Jesus just as if you've never sinned. But some of, some of you might say, well, I, I got to be real with you, Pastor. I need to be real with you. You know, I got I to be real. Come on. I've got to be real with you. You know, I smoke. I drink and I sin, you know, I just got to be real with you. And this is what I'll tell you. That may be a fact, but the truth is you are the righteousness of God. The truth is you are in right standing with God. And the more aware you become of your righteousness, the less smoking, drinking and sinning becomes appealing to you. Mm. The, the more aware that you are, that you are in right standing with God, the less all these other things will be in important to you. You will begin to say, I don't even have time for that. There were some movies that I used to be able to watch when I was younger. Man, you put them on now, I can't, my stomach can't even, I can't even, I can't even sit and watch them anymore. Why? I'm become more God inside minded. And when you become more God inside minded, all this other stuff becomes less and less important to you. So, so it's not stop smoking. I'm telling you, you better stop smoking. You better stop. Stop right now and stop smoking. No, 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 no. What you need to do is awake to righteousness. Matter of fact, 1 Corinthians 15, 34 literally says the first three words, awake to righteousness. Wake up. Till you're right standing with God, become righteous minded, become God inside minded, start to place your confidence in God on the inside of you and not in your behavior or your ability. Your behavior and your ability will always fail, but God inside of you will cause you to become more than a conqueror. Through him who loved us. I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. But somebody's getting this. Somebody's getting this right standing with God. I am in right standing with him. God is my God. And sin is not separating me from him. My identity is not in sin. My identity is in the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm in right standing with him. And when you're in right standing with him. Then everything else where sin's involved will begin to just move away. Come on, somebody shout amen. amen. Now, just recently, I was talking to my wife and I said to her, I said, I said, I said, girl, I said, you look good. Girl, you look good. And, and in this moment, she said to me, you know, I don't feel like I look good. How many ever felt that way? I don't feel like I look good. Come on, let's be honest. I don't, I don't feel like I look good. She goes, I don't feel like I look good. I said, that doesn't matter. You look good. And she was like, I don't feel like it. 
And I started thinking. I said, I know all of her flaws. I know all of her insecurities. I know all of her doubts. I know all of her fears. But I still think she looks good. And then I started thinking. God knows all of our flaws. He knows all of our fears. He knows all of our insecurities, our anxieties. He knows all of our doubts and concerns. And he still calls us righteous. Mm. He still says that stuff does not make you unrighteous to me. You trust in Jesus. So therefore you are in right standing with me. You trust in Jesus. Therefore, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The flaws, the concerns, none of it can separate us from God. Just like all Stacy's flaws and concerns, and I got flaws and concerns and, and things too, by the way. None of that can separate us because in my sight, she looked good to me. And she looked better than me today than when we first met. And I know more about her today than I did when we first met. And I still say, she looks good to me. God does the same thing with you. He knows more about you today than he, you, he did when he, when he first encountered you. And he says, that's my girl. That's my boy. Oh, but you don't understand. I, I don't trust you. Well, when you, when you are faithless, guess what? I'm still faithful. But God, you, you don't understand. I don't believe you're going to do this for me. God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But God, you don't understand. I don't feel love. I keep missing the mark. I keep making saying God says, my grace is sufficient for you. This is the gospel. You are righteous in his sight. In Romans 5, look at verse 17. Romans 5 In verse 17, it says, for by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. Much more. Somebody shout much more. Much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Let's read it from the Amplified Translation. Watch this. For because of one man's trespass, lapse or offense, how many have some lapses and offenses? Because of one man's trespass, lapse or offense, talking about Adam here, death reigned through that one. Adam brought death to reign in the world. Much more surely, those who receive God's overflowing grace, is that you? An unmerited favor and the free gift of righteousness, it's a gift, putting them in right standing with themselves, reign as king. In life, through the one man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Now, now, let's take this verbatim. You shall reign as a king or queen in life because of the abundance of grace, getting what you don't deserve, and the gift of righteousness. Right standing with God would cause you to reign as a king in life. Now, if you're a U.S. citizen, we have something called the Bill of Rights. If, and that's, that's, that's sort of an abbreviation or a slang, I should say. It's really the Bill of Righteousness. And if you're a citizen of the U.S., you have certain rights that belong to you. Certain righteousness that belongs to you. 
Likewise, if you are a citizen of the kingdom of God, there are certain righteousness benefits that belong to you. You have a right to everything in the kingdom of God. Say this out to me. I have a right to everything in the kingdom of God. Because of righteousness, you have more power over your life than Satan had over you while you were a sinner. Listen to this. Because of righteousness, you have more power over your life than Satan had over you while you were a sinner. This is the power of righteousness. You have been equipped to handle every situation that comes your way. Are y'all, are y'all getting this? You are equipped to handle every, because of righteousness, every situation that comes your way, you are equipped. The scripture says that God says that we're going to reign in this life. I'm going to reign. I, that means I'm not going to be under my circumstances. My circumstances are going to be under me. This is what righteousness says. It calls you to be above your problems and your circumstances because you are in right standing with God and God is your father and you have been equipped to handle every situation that comes your way. Notice this. Notice this. I was studying this and and this exploded on the inside of me. Notice this, that when Jesus was walking this earth, he was fully God, but he was also fully man. When Jesus was walking this earth, we never see Jesus have a lack of faith, never, and we never see Jesus have an abundance of faith. We don't see either one. Why is that? Because Jesus knew he was righteous. He knew who he was. He, know, he knew why he was here. He knew why he was put on the earth so he walked in right standing with God and he never dealt with lack of faith or even abundance of faith he dealt with his righteousness he knew his identity he knew who he was likewise Jesus came to this earth to be an example to you and I we it's listen Jesus the only thing Jesus did on the cross in his Godhead ability as God I'm sorry, the only thing Jesus did on the earth as God was get on the cross and take your place. He did that as God. Everything else he did as a man. Everything else on the earth he did as a man. Why? To be an example to you and I. He says, follow me. Listen, I'm God as a man. He had the Holy Spirit. Do you have the Holy Spirit? Jesus, Jesus is the righteous. Are you righteous? He did everything as a man to show you how to walk this earth as a man or woman filled with the Holy Spirit of God and full of the righteousness of God. Understanding who you are. See, sin tries to separate you from understanding your righteousness. That's the purpose of sin. To get to affect your confidence. Sin is, a, is after your confidence so that you'll say, well, I don't know. I don't know what well, I keep sinning. I keep sinning. I keep sinning. And guess what? Sin does affect your confidence. That's why we need to walk in our righteousness. 
so that we can stay confident. This is why Jesus was able to walk around. We don't see a lack of faith. We don't see abundance of faith. He walked around in his righteousness because he was a man that did not sin. Glory. And so, will you and I sin? Probably. Should we go out and try to sin? No. But if we do sin, we have an advocate, Jesus the Christ, who's defending us and standing by us and walking with us and say, I forgive, keep moving. And when, when God forgives, God forgives. See, when you forgive, you remember. But when God forgives, God forgives, he wipes it out. And then you're talking to him about your sin. Well, God, you know, I keep, I keep sleeping around. I, I just keep. Oh, and God said, what are you talking about? I forgave you. Walk in your righteousness. Walk in your righteousness standing with me. And my grace will be so sufficient for you that you will have to stop doing what you're doing when you understand how much I love you. So when, you, when, you, when you're in a love relationship, you don't want to do it. Listen, uh, I don't want to do anything to hurt my wife. Are there temptations out there? Yes. But I don't want to do anything to hurt my wife because I'm in love with my wife. Who am I talking to in here? You know, the sin is causing you to say, well, God's now, and, and if you can do this, well, God's going to forgive me anyway. I've heard people say this too. Well, God's going to forgive me anyway, so I might as well just go on and do it. Them people are probably not saved. They've never had an encounter with Jesus. They never had a, a love relationship with you. Well, God's going to forgive me, or I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. No. No. Matter of fact, well, let me, let me just talk about this. Can you lose your righteousness? Can you lose your righteousness? Let me ask again, can you lose your righteousness? Now, this goes into once saved, always saved, and I'm going to give you my, uh, my opinion on once saved, always saved. Can you lose your righteousness? You cannot lose or sin your righteousness away. Let me say it again. You cannot sin your righteousness away. You cannot sin your righteousness away. For where grace abounds, for where sin abounds, much more grace abounds. You can't sin your righteousness away. Can you lose it? Can't lose your righteousness. You can't unintentionally or accidentally get rid of your righteousness. Well, I'm, I must have done the unpardonable sin. Somehow, someway, I must have done it. I'm not righteous no more. Can't, can't unintentionally or accidentally lose your righteousness. But you can willfully and deliberately let it go. Let me say it again. You can willfully and deliberately let your righteousness go. And so do I believe in once save, always save? No, I do not. Someone can literally turn their back on Jesus and say none of this is real to me anymore. And they go off and do something entirely different. Matter of fact, that's why scripture tells us he who endures to the end. We're going to have to endure to the end. 
shall be saved. And in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26, it says there, for if you sin willfully, then there no longer remains a, a sacrifice for your sin because you have trampled the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the finished works. And that's my paraphrase. But it, it, 10, 26, they not willful sin like, well, I'm going to go ahead and sin. And um, I knew that was wrong, but I'm going to do it anyway. That's not the willful sin he's talking about. He's talking about if you turn your back, on the finished works of Jesus, there no longer remains a sacrifice. I know people that I grew up with in church. I know they gave their life to the Lord. We were kids. We served the Lord together. I talk to them now. They Buddhists and Muslim and, and atheists and all type of things. Are they still saved? No. They rejected the finished works of Jesus and they turned their back on him. And there no longer remains another sacrifice. They're going to have to come back to Jesus. I like what the Message Bible says. Let me read real quick. Hebrews 10, 26 in the Message. It says, if we give up and turn our backs on all we've learned, all we've been given, all the truth we now know, we repudiate or reject and disown Christ's sacrifice and are left on our own to face the judgment. And a mighty fierce judgment it will be. There it is on your screen if you... If you give up and turn your backs on all you've learned, all you've been given, all the truth you know, you repudiate or you reject Christ's sacrifice and are left on your own. You can turn your back. You can leave God, but you can't do it accidentally. You can't do it unintentionally. It has to be a willful. In your right mind, you know what you're doing. It ain't one of them things where I'm sad, Lord, I'm so sad. I, I don't know if I trust you anymore. I don't know if this is real. No, you ain't, that, that ain't it. That ain't it. That, you know, I, I, I'm sister, take, take time, let me pat you on the back. Now get up and trust God again, right? That, that's what that is. Now, but it's someone saying, this is not true anymore. Jesus is no longer the savior of my life. I am no longer this and that. And the third, you have rejected your righteousness and you've turned your back on God. And there no longer remains a sacrifice for your sin. But for those of you that love God and God loves you, those are the ones that will be righteous forever and ever. And in right standing with God, those are the ones that will be there walking in the the, the spirit of God, knowing who they are in Christ, knowing what God has called them to do, and they are in right standing with him. And if they miss the mark, they'll sh they shall get up. Matter of fact, he says, uh, I, you know, if I fall seven times, I'm going to get up the eighth time. I'm going to get up. I'm the righteousness of God. I've got to get up off this ground. This sin is not going to keep me where I am. I'm in right standing with God. And when you realize you're in right standing with God, It'll make you thank Jesus. I mean, I'm so in love with Jesus. Gene, if you will help me, I'm so in love with Jesus. Church, I, when you understand all that he's done for you, this is not just a ticket to heaven. Thank God we're going to heaven. This is a relationship with Jesus, a God who loves you so very much and is given his life for you to be in oneness with him. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. 
For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead. Thank you.